This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Welcome back to Harry Tales, the podcast where I, Harry Hill, tell you about the tales of my life here in New York City, fill you in on everything you may have missed in pop culture, and probably talk way too much about Kylie Jenner. And this week, I shucked some oysters for the first time. So I kind of want to talk about that. The sun is shining for the first time in six years. I'm going to set the scene. I'm wearing a pair of black jeans and a sweatshirt that says lonely on it that my lovely producer Ashley gave me a compliment on right before the show. So I'm still glowing from that. Thank you, Ashley. And I'm wearing some shoes. Okay, shoes. And I'm sitting on this lovely couch and the podcast studio here at Hoff Studios is actually like in its biggest growth period that it's ever been in it every week there's like new lights a new rug a new pillow like it just gets prettier and prettier and it's so gorgeous so if you're just listening just imagine a very gorgeous room (laughs) with some really interesting snacks in the corner but yeah I shuck some oysters so my friend Mel shout out Mel it was her birthday and she went with the theme Meldi Gras because Mardi Gras is coming up so she got a king cake and she got oysters and she was like, come, come ready to shuck some oysters. And I was like, haha, okay. And before I got there, she sent me a video on how to shuck oysters. And I was like, okay, like, I get it. Like, we're going to shuck some oysters. And I get there and she's like, oh my God, like, do you want to shuck an oyster? Did you watch the video? And I was like, <laughs> oh no, like, I, I, I just thought you were like, I just thought we were like being festive. Like it was with the theme. She was like, no, like, do you know how to do it? And I was like, no, of course I don't know how to shuck an oyster. What do you think? I buy my pearls off of Instagram. So she teaches me how to shuck an oyster. And essentially, you wear this glove because you're stabbing. Okay, so it's a closed shell. You've seen an oyster, right? It's a closed shell. And it's not going to open. It's like a rock. And so you have this little knife. And you put on a glove and you like have this little towel and you're basically stabbing the oyster to get it to open, to get it to like crack open. So you have to get the knife into like a certain spot on the oyster. (laughs) I'm like reenacting it. And once you get the knife in, you have to like zhuzh it around the oyster. And then once you get it open, you have to slice the oyster off of both the top and the bottom. And it's all slimy and disgusting. And I actually don't really care for oysters like th- th- they've never called to me, but I'm not afraid of them and I will eat them. And they did have some like hot sauce and some uh, accoutrement to put on them. But it was actually really fun and I really enjoyed it. And it was a nice activity for a party because you can just like be at the oyster shucking station and everybody's kind of like, you know, like grabbing a drink or like having a conversation. But you could just be like shucking oysters, taking turns teaching someone else how to do it. There was this girl there named Gaga, like literally her name was Gaga. And I taught her how to shuck oysters and Gaga stayed at the oyster shucking station for the next like 20 minutes, like shucking oyster after oyster. I was like, this is Gaga's oyster stand now. Um, 
she was really cute. I think we're going to be friends. She showed me her rabbit that she named Squuffy. And she was like showing me pictures of it. And luckily her boyfriend was in the pictures and he was hot. So I was like acting interested because it's like, what am I going to be like? It's a picture of a rabbit. So I'm like staring at the guy like, oh my God, really cute rabbit you've got there. <laughs> it was so cute. She said she had a nice apartment. She was like, I have a nice apartment, um, which usually I'd be like, okay, brag. But she just moved here from um, out of the country. So there, she's working through like a language barrier. So she's just like saying stuff. And uh, I like that. I like that blunt. Like, I have a really nice apartment. I was like, okay, <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you do. So that was my oyster shucking night, and we also used it as kind of like a Lunar New Year. The Lunar New Year felt, um, I felt it. It was like rainy and large and looming, and I asked the Lunar, is there a moon on the Lunar New Year? Or is it just the Lunar, or am I just like adding the moon to it for fun? I'm thinking Lunar, whatever. I was I was harnessing the power of the New Year to... Um, make myself be more disciplined. And I think it worked because I ended up stacking some books and starting really um, my interior design journey a little late because I moved in on November 1st or late October. Anyway, it was raining all weekend. So I decided to make my living room nice. And by nice, I mean I stacked all my books on my ledge and I stacked them color-coded, and it took me a really long time, like two hours maybe. I like kind of had to like keep going in and out because stacking books is not very fun. But I had music, and I was like cleaning up little like piles of like random stuff that I had around, and I finally got the books done, and I took a picture of it, and I was like, wait, this is actually really cute. And I didn't know that I was going to end up posting it on Instagram, but I did. And people had a lot to say about my color-coded stacks of books. People really liked them. People really hated them. And then other people were just worried for my books because apparently stacking them is bad for your books over time. It like fucks up the binding. So I was like, okay, noted. I love a stack of books though. I really do. I think if you if you have a lot of books, a stack of books with like a lamp or something on top is like a shelf. Like it's a man-made shelf. It is, I guess all shelves are man-made. <laughs> it's aesthetic. It's cute. It's literary. It's dark academia. Then people said that not only stacks are bad, direct sunlight on books are is bad. And I kind of knew that. I figured direct sunlight on anything isn't good. But I do have like a screen, kind of like, I don't know if it's actually stop sunlight. It's kind of like the screen in the studio. I don't know if you guys can see it, but it's like sheer. So I don't think I'm going to keep the stacks, but I am excited to be finally on this journey of making my apartment as cute as it can be. Because it really could be cute. It's a cute apartment. So stick around for that. I was kind of nervous posting my books. And then I was like, oh, just kidding. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> I also went to Popeye's with Kat this weekend. We were like going to go to Uniqlo and I, the L was down. So I was like, I don't have time to, to go to Uniqlo. 
I have to I have to get home and it's going to take me four hours because the L is down. And then we walked by Popeye's and we were like, wait, let's go to Popeye's. So we split some chicken tenders from Popeye's and it was really good. And then we parted ways. So that's what I did this week. I can't tell if I'm missing something. I kind of started rewatching Girls on HBO Max, which if you haven't seen Girls, it's so funny. And I don't even need to try to convince you to watch it because if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. I will say, though, whatever you're thinking... Like, I have a friend who doesn't like Lena Dunham, and I'm like, no, like, it's not like that. Like, it is so funny. You just have to watch it, especially if you're, like, in your 20s. Gossip Girl, the Gossip Girl reboot got canceled after two seasons, so that will no longer be a thing unless they can find another streamer, which uh, the creator, Josh, says might be unlikely just because it's such an expensive show. And I'm really sad about that because, you know, I love Gossip Girl in all forms. However, it's kind of like not hard to see why just because they wrote it the way they wrote it. I think I don't want to say it was doomed from the start. And I've loved going to all the Gossip Girl parties, but them making the teachers Gossip Girl was like strike one. Strike two was making none of them be friends. And if you know me this is like one of my favorite rants to go on is like the gossip girl reboot rant like if we're having a drink or something and you mention gossip girl i will talk for 30 minutes about why it didn't work and it's really just because none of them were friends and we didn't care we don't, and we don't care about them like the weird sister relationship between I'm, like, I'm gonna start going on the rant right now i'm kidding i'm not going to although i do have a podcast for a raisin in the original Gossip Girl, all of them were friends, even when they hated each other, right? Even when Serena and Blair hated each other, they were still friends. The reason the new Gossip Girl didn't work was because we were not rooting for any of the characters. Were you rooting for any of those characters? And if so, why? We were rooting for every single one of the main characters in the old Gossip Girl because they were the main characters and they were all friends. And even though they switched sides and switched alliances, seven times per episode at the end of the day we wanted all of them to win right even if we were annoyed by serena we wanted to see her winning if we hated blair we wanted to see her winning we hated jenny we wanted to see her winning we wanted to see all of the main characters win in this new reboot i'm like i don't even i can't they i can't you get what i'm saying though right i know you do i i i yeah so that is that on the Gossip Girl reboot, but um, I hope it does find a new streamer and maybe the new streamer, you know, if I was, you know, the heiress to Paramount Plus, I'd say, yo, dad, let's get the Gossip Girl reboot in here under one condition. We make them all friends and we make, <laughs> we make everybody root for them. I started watching The Last of Us on HBO Max and then turned it off because I was bored. There's just not nothing like I... I, nothing got me. But I will say that Pedro Pascal, that's his name, is hot. I will say that. Yeah, I don't know. I It got to when it was like 20 years later. If you've seen the first episode, you know that basically there's some sort of like attack, like, you know, like a zombie attack where like somebody gets sick and then they like bite people and then everybody gets it. It's that sort of thing. And it, you know, that happens and then it goes 20 years later and we're in these like big like quarantine cities and it just got too like every scene was like in a dark room and like they were all fighting and there was like not 
like a pretty young ingenue to like make things work and i just didn't <laughs> i was like i can't watch this like i don't know we need jenny humphrey to come back and save the zombie cities with her eleanor waldorf designs that would be good this week on Kardashian Watch, Kim goes to Harvard, Kendall goes to Dubai, Courtney goes unseen, and Kylie goes into the lion den. So Kylie released the name of her baby, her baby boy, Air, with an E, pronounced Air, because people were like, is it pronounced Airy? I was like, I highly doubt Kylie Jenner would name her baby son after American Apparel's lingerie offshoot. It's not American Apparel. It's American Eagle Outfitters. They have a lingerie offshoot called Airy. And I say lingerie lightly because I know it's like frilly tank tops and like trainer bras, right? But she named her kid Air. And she released the news, I think on Sunday or Saturday. All I know is that it's been gray and rainy for like so many days. And I lost track of which day it was. And then all of a sudden Kylie was naming her baby. And I was like, it snapped me out of a dream, you know? It was like, whoa, like, life is still happening. And I guess I don't really have any thoughts on the baby name. Do I like it? Mm, no, I don't. I liked Wolf better. I think Wolf is cooler. She should have just given him a normal name, like Jack or like Mark, Jamie, Jamie Jenner. I don't know if the last name is Travis Scott's or Jenner, so that's another thing. Do you think that names should take into account the last name? Like, do you think somebody should be naming their child based on what their last name is? I mean, I'm kind of biased because, you know, Harry Hill, <laughs> right? I've spent my whole life, you know, people saying what a great name I have. It's a name made for a star. <laughs> I was like, no, no, it's just a fluke. I don't know. They had no idea. They had no idea that I was going to grow up to have a podcast. <laughs> but air, air, I don't know about all that. Kim went to Harvard and I saw this tweet about it saying basically that like Kim is 99 or Kim is more successful than 99.99% of all Harvard business graduates but she would never have been accepted to go there. And the tweet was kind of like, and and what does that say about society these days? And I was like, um, that you should start a bra company instead of going to college? I don't know. Courtney, like I said, goes unseen. Don't know what she's up to. If she was seen, I just didn't see her. And Kendall goes to Dubai. So actually, everybody went to Dubai this week. And I'm sure if you're on TikTok, you know that everybody went to Dubai. Um, Beyonce performed at the Atlantis Royal Hotel's Grand Reveal Weekend. And she was apparently paid something like $24 million for the performance. I'm not sure if I believe that. Um, $24 million for a performance seems outrageous for like anybody like I don't if somebody was going to be paid that much it would be Beyonce or like Adele or something but I need I need a receipt I need a source like 24 million dollars is like come on I could see like 5 million I could see like a cool like 10 million but that's pushing it 24 million dollars for a performance is like 
I'm stressed. She apparently had a broken foot during the performance, but she was amazing. And she, at the end of the performance, she gets like strapped into this little like thing and she ascends into this fountain. Like the there's a fountain, there's fireworks, there's dancers, there's like everything. And she ascends and she's singing like Ariel and the Little Mermaid. Like she's just like, oh, oh, I hope, sorry, that was like bad. And anybody who's listening is going to be like, and that's when I turned it off. (laughs) But no, it was, it was a killer performance. And, you know, I'm, you know, I, I enjoy Beyonce's ability to perform. Um, I, I saw the discourse around the fact that, oh my God, why would Beyonce agree to perform in Dubai where they're so famously anti-LGBT and she just released Renaissance, which is like a gay club album. And I'm just like, do people not understand? I get it. But maybe maybe the $24 million is, is real because she, maybe it was so much that she just couldn't say no, even though she's going to some homophobic country. Dubai to me is like taxes. I just don't get it. You can explain it to me. You can tell me where it is. You can explain that it's it's like a, not a country, but a domain. I don't understand what Dubai is. I People compare it to Las Vegas. People compare it to Miami. I don't get it. And the only way that you get there is on United Emirates or no. Can you get there through any plane. Do you guys understand Dubai? The only person I know that has like a grasp on Dubai is this girl that I once knew and her name was Brooke and she randomly went to NYU Dubai. She's from like Illinois. And I was like, wait, you're going to NYU Dubai? Like for what? I don't get it. I'm like the girl that (laughs) doesn't understand people who have leap year birthdays. Do you remember that viral video? This might be like too old. But like there was that little girl, not little girl. She was like in high school, but she had this like New York accent. She was like, I just don't understand. Like, how are you going to be like in seventh grade, but you're four years old? Like, I don't get it. I don't get leap years. (laughs) And that's me about Dubai. I'm like, I don't get Dubai. Like, I don't understand. Like, is it a desert? Like, which state is it in? Like, I don't get it. Where is Dubai? Africa? Where is it? Abu Dhabi? Where is Abu Dhabi? We we really don't know where, where where it is, so we'll figure that out. But we're we're gonna jump into the headlines because the first one is about the Tart trip, and that's why I wanted to talk about Dubai in the first place. Tart's Dubai influencer trip wasn't actually in Dubai after all. See, so even Tart doesn't know where Dubai is. Okay, I'm not the only one. Nobody knows where Dubai is. It's not real. Okay. You step foot in there and you're getting paid $24 million to sing a song, sing a couple songs, and nobody knows. Nobody knows where it is, where it's coming from, where it's going. But basically, Tarte, the beauty company, famous for Shape Tape Concealer, brought a bunch of influencers to somewhere near Dubai for an influencer trip, for for a very lavish influencer trip. By now, we all know about influencer trips. We're used to seeing them. If you're following an influencer or a lot of influencers, you'll definitely know what they are. But basically, it's like a brand will pay a bunch of influencers to go on a trip and they all make content and like pretend to be friends. 
So there's a lot of discourse around this trip right now because it's January and there's nothing else to talk about. So we're having our Dubai griping moment and Tart is in the center of it. So I'm actually going to read, um, I'm going to read from the source, from the camel's mouth. <laughs> uh, there's an article from Glossy and they got the exclusive from, uh, the founder of Tarte Cosmetics. And I'm going to I'm just going to set the record straight because if you have been hearing about this Dubai trip, if you've been seeing all the hot takes, if you want to know the facts, these are the facts because I wanted to know them. I don't really trust my TikTok armchair experts that just talk without knowing what they're talking about. On January 18th, 29 influencers and their plus ones began a global journey that would convene in Dubai at the Ritz-Carlton Ras Al-Kamah in the Al-Wadi Desert. This included 13 American influencers, including big names like Alex Earl, Meredith Duxbury, and Ellie Zeeler, to name a few. The brand has has become infamous for its lavish influencer trips. It's now hosted over 20 since 2015 which have TikTok aghast, questioning how much it's spending, how it can afford such a trip, whether it's appropriate in a recession, and if it will make the brand feel unrelatable to audiences. Here's the thing. While social media and influencers who seem to charge a fee to get out of bed have surely upped the ante on what brand trips look like, they have in fact always existed. It's, it's just that when beauty editors were traveling on a brand's dime, especially before the dawn of social media, say on a trip with Chanel, Louis Vuitton, YSL Beauty, or even Tarte, the experience wasn't made available for wide public consumption the way it is today, when it's influencers being wooed. Right, so we used to have magazines. Remember those? the paper magazines that you could flip through. Well, remember rom-coms and remember the main profession of the lead of the rom-com? It was always magazine editor, right? You just had to be in your 20s, gorgeous, stunning, hilarious, funny, charismatic, and have beautiful skin. And that meant that you could be a beauty editor at one of these magazines. And being a beauty editor meant that you would get to go to, say, Abu Dhabi, wherever that is, with Louis Vuitton, whoever she is, and review the products in a very pretty hotel room and write an article that would run in one of the pages of these magazines. So that's basically what they're saying, right? We've always had influencer trips. They just weren't always called that because there used to be a profession called beauty editor at a magazine. This is, it's like all, it's like all the children are like sitting around me like drooling because they're like bored by me like trying to explain beauty editors <laughs> like they're like turn the page Maureen Kelly who founded Tarte Cosmetics in 1999 exclusively spoke to Glossy to clear up the many many questions people are asking about the trip of the loud response she said this isn't our first trip but I can of course understand how people may have a knee-jerk reaction to seeing content overload like this that said, Tarte has for a long time now prioritized putting its marketing budget into building relationships with influencers, Kelly said. Every day, brands make decisions about how to spend their marketing budgets. For some companies, that means a huge Super Bowl commercial or a multi-million dollar contract with a famous athlete or celeb. We've never done traditional advertising, and instead, we invest in building relationships and building up communities. This was one of the discourse points with people on TikTok saying, you know, 
of course Tarte has the money to do this. They're not spending their advertising budget on billboards and commercials. They're doing this instead. And I saw someone talking about how it's actually smart of Tarte to do this because they're building relationships with the influencers, saying that, you know, if a brand brings you on a trip like that, you're going to like fall in love with that brand, even if it is like subconsciously, like if you see that brand brand out and about, like if you see it's stocked on the shelves at Sephora, you're going to be like, oh, I went to Dubai with them. I love them. Like, what what do they have? Like, what what are their products? And obviously, you know, a majority of people are not going <laughs> on an influencer trip with the brand. But they're making they're making relationships with these influencers. And this is where I can tell my own hairy tale because I have been on some influencer trips and I went on one with Sunday Riley. And if you don't know what Sunday Riley is, it is a beautiful, gorgeous, stunning skincare line that is sold at Sephora. And it was founded by this woman named Sunday Riley. You don't say. I didn't know it was a real person until I got there and Sunday Riley was there. (laughs) And I had brunch with her. That works. Like, that works. Like, in order for me to dislike Sunday Riley now, they would have to throw babies off of the off of a boat you know what I mean like they would have to do something so insane for me to dislike them because after they brought me to Austin Texas and put me up at this gorgeous like spa resort for three days or whatever I made friends I got products I had fun I got facials I did like it was so much fun how could you like how could you complain about that right so from a from an influencer's perspective you know i'm no alex earl but i will say that i think that it is really effective i'm not like i can't speak to that like level of influencer like i'm certainly not that so maybe for me it was like totally insane and you know a bigger influencer than me would be like oh that was nothing like yeah, it was fun, but like it was just work. Cause I know, I know influencers who do treat brand trips like work cause like they kind of are, but I didn't feel that way. Um, I think a lot of brand trips really emphasize like there is no pressure to post unless you're like revolve or something that has like weird rules. But if you want an influencer to post something, all you need to do is say, you don't need to post anything <laughs> because then I will be like, Oh, if I don't need to, if I don't need to post anything, like I will post everything because like there's no hashtags or like weird guidelines like the it, the more freedom you give to someone to post something it's <laughs> turning into like a, a seminar on influencer trips but I'm just saying that it is very effective um to bring influencers on a trip because you really are building like a relationship with the influencer and the brand um um not me talking about going on influencer trips but if I had fun in Austin Texas for like three days I'm sure these girls had the time of their lives in Dubai and I mean we're watching it right now in real time like they're on camels they're like at the pool your two favorite influencers are gonna link up and you know they are you know what I mean like uh Alex Earl and Monet everybody was really excited for them to meet. And when they finally posted a video together, like everybody was freaking out and it was so much fun. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, 
why don't we have like a gay version of like the superhero universe? Like, why don't we have like a gay, like Marvel universe? And it's like, we do. It's Alex Earl on a Dubai trip, (laughs) right? I have to laugh at some of these conspiracies. I will say people are creative, but no, I can confirm that we definitely didn't have help from any tourism boards, she said in response to a theory stated in multiple TikToks. People posited that the brand partnered with the Dubai's tourism board to sponsor the trip. Tarte did, however, partner with Sephora Middle East. Much TikTok commentary has also spoken to the sheer cost of flying to Dubai. Maguire's video said, sorry, people are just talking about how a flight to Dubai is like $22,000. And that's why I was asking, like, is that the only way to get there? Like, can we take a boat? Or like, is there a train? Imagine if, imagine if Abu Dhabi was like in Russia or something and we all just like got it wrong. She basically said, uh, You have to consider that we're inviting people to take time out of their jobs and life and get on a long haul flight for a quick three day event that can take a toll on anyone, no matter how excited you are for a trip. We want to make this a seamless and pleasant experience for everyone, which I thought was a really nice and simple way to be like, look, like y'all can talk about whatever you want. But at the end of the day, like we just wanted to provide a nice trip. People have worms for brains as for why tart spent hundreds of thousands of dollars taking creators to dubai the short answer is a new foundation an upcoming launch dubbed the maracuja maracu maracuja 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 juicy glow foundation $40. $40. Shoppers can join a waitlist on Tarte's website now, but the product won't be available until February 10th. The formula took two years to create and is one Kelly is especially passionate about. It offers the perfect balance between gorgeous, glowy, juicy skin and dewy, radiant coverage. It's juicy skin in a tube for that viral, clean glow everyone wants, she said. <sighs> Maracuja? That's the that's the dinner fact of this week. So if you guys want to wow your friends at dinner, tell your coworkers something interesting, you can say, hey, you know that Dubai influencer trip? And they'll say, yeah, I heard of it. <laughs> I don't know why I went like, I don't know why I went like Southern. <laughs> yeah, I heard of it. Um, <clears throat> your, your, coworker, your coworker at the barn. <laughs> You've ever heard of the... Tart Dubai trip? Yeah, I heard of it. Okay, well, you can tell them that it wasn't just any old trip. The trip was, in fact, to market a new product, and that is the Mara Kuja Juicy Glow Foundation. I am sorry if all of the influencers are talking about it and I just didn't know it. Like, I honestly didn't watch any of the influencers use any of the products. Like, I'm much more interested in, like, the camels and the motorcycles and the desert so if they were talking about the maracuja juicy glow foundation and you already knew that sorry but if you didn't i was actually that was the most shocking part of this article because i just thought it was like a tart in general trip but it is for the maracuja juicy glow foundation um last thing she said we she said we don't require anything nor do we pay anyone to attend so that's another thing that's a, you can tack that on to the fact none of them were paid for that trip which was debated people were like there's no way these influencers didn't like ask for their their rate on top of everything they got which i was like i could see influencers being like yeah i'd love to go on this trip 
but also pay me for like these deliverables. But that trip was insane. Like, come on, like you're going to ask to be paid on top of that to go to go to a fully stocked villa in not Dubai and get paid like, yeah, so that's fine. That was that was the Tarte Dubai trip. I feel like I just took a business class flight on Emirates. I don't know if I would like, obviously, I want to go to Dubai um, just so that I know what I'm talking about. And I want to see that building that they projected Rihanna's face on that one time. But the flight, what do you think that's like? I've never been on an airplane where you have like a bed and like a living room. And like, what is that like? And how long is the flight? We still don't even know where this place is. Is it in Australia? Abu Dhabi's in China. Okay, next headline. Lady Gaga praises Taylor Swift for talking about eating disorder in resurfaced video. Lady Gaga gave Taylor Swift a round of applause for speaking about her eating disorder in a resurfaced clip from her 2020 documentary, Miss Americana. That's really brave everything you said, heart. Wow. The bad romance singer commented under a TikTok video featuring a clip from the Netflix doc. I only flagged this because I just think it's so funny that Lady Gaga is like on TikTok and she's like, that's really brave. Everything you said. Wow. Like not even thinking that like she's just commenting on like some random fan account of Taylor Swift. <laughs> like, like she like that's one of my favorite things that people on social media do is like totally disregarding who is posting something and commenting as if it's like the person in the video right like you'll see it all the time like you'll see like it's usually something like this where somebody's like doing an interview or or like a sound clip from somewhere and all the comments will be like I love you like th that such a great thing that you said is Taylor Swift in the room with us right now I don't think so she's not gonna see your comment Miss Gaga but it's, you know, it's the thought that counts. It's always the thought that counts. And uh, I just think that was a great, like, you know. There's, we have to start talking about how people can miss the mark, but in a good way, right? Like, we always want to be like, they missed the mark. But it's like, what if they, like, missed the mark? You know? Like, what if they just, like, you know, they missed it by a little bit? Instead of, like, they missed the mark. It's like, Lady Gaga missed the mark here. She didn't, she didn't miss the mark. She missed the mark. She thought she was talking to Taylor Swift on TikTok. <laughs> okay. Next one. This is from Cineblend. Cinemablend.com. I've been trying to go with like headlines, but I'm kind of starting to think that I should just make the headlines up myself and use like the meat from like, like the info that, anyway. I thought um, this is about Selena Gomez and Drew Taggart, because if you're following this like I am for some reason, which honestly, this would be my dream come true if I hadn't ever watched the Selena Gomez documentary and started disliking her because the Chainsmokers and Selena Gomez is a match made in my heaven. If we got closer out of Drew Taggart and Halsey, what are we going to get out of Drew Taggart and Selena Gomez? Mark my words. Mark my words, we are getting a bop by the Chainsmokers featuring Selena Gomez. Mark them, because it's coming. I'll bet you cash. I'll bet you, I'll bet you a plane ticket to Dubai that they're going to come out with a bop together. 
Many famous people have admitted to there being several annoying facets of celebrity, but I bet all of them would likely say that one of the biggest irritations that come from being well-known is having strangers constantly talking about whether or not you're dating and who you might be doing it with. (laughs) Doing it with? Question mark. Now, after Only Murders in the Building cast member Selena Gomez said she was single, she was spotting holding hands with someone while out on date night. She went out with Drew Taggart. They went bowling, bowling, and they were making out with each other. And they said um, in, they were enjoying bowling together at a Brooklyn spot, The Gutter, where sources said they were making out like teenagers and didn't appear to care who noticed their public displays of affection. But then Selena kind of like tried to throw everybody off of her um, scent, off of her trail. You throw people off your scent or your trail, both of them. You throw people off your sent by throwing them off your trail she posted this uh instagram story and she was like it said i like being alone too much hashtag i am single but then the next night she was like making out with drew taggart at the gutter in the gutter they need a song called the gutter that would be cute i'm so worked up over dubai you guys Bois, dubai I'll figure out where it is. I will. It's just one of those things, though, you know? It's just one of those things where it's like, unless you go to NYU Dubai, do you really know what's going on there? Is it up and coming? Is it safe? Do we want to like it? Is it good to go there? Are they anti-LGBTQ? IA? We don't know. Are we supposed to? That's a question for another day. (laughs) All right, you guys. It's 3-3-3. It's 3-33. And uh, I hope that wherever you're listening to this has um, good vibes because I've had fun talking to you all today and uh, I can't wait to be back next week. I think, um, you know, the studio is being updated. Things are happening. Things are changing. The sun is coming back out. And I think there might be a new development on the podcast soon. I feel like I hinted it at the last at the end of the last episode. So I'm hinting at it again, this episode, and I'm going to keep hinting at it until it happens. But until then, I will talk to you guys soon. Have a beautiful week. Bye.